following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin a Tuesday journey together. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. A reminder, we're 19 stations strong all across this great state. You can listen on your local affiliate. Just go to thehugeshow.net. We have the complete list there. Also at thehugeshow.net, our free online stream, weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show And you can listen anywhere in America where you get mobile service. So we have a lot to talk about on this Tuesday broadcast. Uh, We'll get to Michigan football, a little bit on the Lions and the Big Ten. If you want to comment, Mercantile Bank listener line is always open at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and you can opt in on the HUGE text chain in Texas anytime you want to. Just text the word HUGE to 21000. And speaking of texting, text GOLF to 21000, G-O-L-F to 21000. If you're 21 and up, you can enter to win a Labatt Blue Golf Getaway this summer. And we're talking about great resorts like the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Agaming, halfway between Elk Rapids and Charlevoix in northern Michigan. And also the Dumaglass Resort, which is a hidden jewel between Boyne City and Charlevoix. Just text GOLF to 21000. G-O-L-F to 21000. And we'll have monthly drawings all summer long. You only have to enter once. And you'll be in all three drawings for a stay-and-play package. Two nights, overnight stay. 36 holes of golf for you and three friends. Just text GOLF to 21000. Inside this hour, Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com team will join me. Out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, his family, huge show, number one fans. He went to Grand Rapids Catholic Central, went to Hope College, tutored under sports media guru Alan Babbitt. And now he writes on a daily basis under the tutelage 
of Chris Ballas, who is shaping Wolverine minds all around the world at TheWolverine.com. So, Clayton, did I read that exactly as Chris wrote it? Yeah, no, that was perfect. That's spot on. All right, so we've been talking about Michigan. Uh, We're going to play the schedule game with you coming up in a moment. Uh, Everyone's just expecting uh, another perfect season. Uh, Are expectations too high when you look at the schedule? For the Michigan fan listening right now, anywhere across America or online or on the iHeart app, are they expecting too much? I think that's a, the crazy thing about college football is there are probably too many fan bases expecting too much, um, and then everybody disappoints. But I think when you look at Michigan, what they have coming back, the expectation should be to get to that Ohio State game with a chance with everything on the line and probably win that game and win the Big Ten again. Beyond that, I think the playoff is is tough and matchups going to be um, you know really important there. But I think expectations are, are sky high. Um, it's a little bit dangerous, but um, you know with the team that Michigan has coming back, I think this is it's probably spot on. Is it amazing to go back just a couple years ago with what Harbaugh has done, the pressure he was under, the fact that even Ward Manuel was making him take a pay cut, was dragging his feet on contracts. And now Harbaugh, when you look at the rest of college football, is right there with the big boys. Uh, amazing two-year run uh, by Michigan. It was. Um, and, and the changes that he made during that time, too. I mean, they were able to bring back you know different assistant coaches, Mike Hart, Ron Bellamy, different guys from that have that Michigan background. Steve Klingscale was a huge hire. Uh, switching up the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, Jesse Minter. He pushed all the right buttons over the last two years. Um, and and now they're at this point in Jim Harbaugh. You look at these lists that are pretty irrelevant, but of the top coaches in America, he's right there, number three behind Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. You could argue, given you know resources and everything else, that he he's right there with those two at this point. And what a turnaround uh, from the pay cut in 2020. So, no, I mean – the fact that they have this rolling now in the, the last two years were fantastic, but now it feels like this is sustainable. Um, and if you can win three in a row, and, and our, as our Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com often points out, Michigan has never won three straight outright Big Ten titles. Now, there wasn't a championship game back in the day, but that's still an incredible feat, uh, and they have the chance to do that this season. So uh, the fact that we're talking about this as, as part of the Jim Harbaugh era now is is incredible given what – what it was before. I mean, he turned Michigan around to an extent, but they couldn't get over that hump, and now they're expected to get over the hump. How much longer do you think Harbaugh coaches? Uh, again, he's his own leader, his own cat, whatever. He, he's a different type of animal when it comes to how he does business. Is it the national title and try and get back and you know take care of unfinished business in the NFL? Is it the rest of his life being a Michigan man? Uh, what do you look at in terms of short-term, long-term, your thoughts, Clayton? Well, let me first say that nothing would surprise me at this point. Um, and as someone who covers this, you know, it feels like every January there's going to be at least something, it's at least a rumor that'll pop up uh, with Jim Harbaugh. But, you know, I think some people were surprised maybe at the fact that it seemed like he wanted to stay this year, um, you know, given that Denver had some legitimate interest in him. So I think it's going to be a year-to-year thing with him. He'll probably look at the the outlook of of where things are at. Um, would he get a, an NFL offer? Uh, that's another question as well. So I think he's going to be here several more years, um, and I think that's really good news 
for Michigan with, with the way he kind of has this rolling. If they can figure out a little bit more of the recruiting a little bit better, but NIL, if they can boost that as well, um, then you're looking at some real long-term success. Do you worry uh, when you're having conversations with Ballas and Anthony Broom and everybody from the Wolverine.com that if Michigan doesn't crank up their NIL game, and they are hiring people and departments and they're making the moves towards it, but if they don't get this NIL machine going, that it could hurt the program long term. Well, here's the thing. Once the winning stops, then I think all the works with that will will come out. Um, So, you know, right now they're able to keep kids. I mean, there were probably kids on this team that aren't going to play much this fall that could have easily transferred and started somewhere else, but they want to win and they want to be a part of this culture. They want to win three straight Big Ten championships, as we talked about. But once that ends, if it does, um, and, you know, at some point they're not going to win the Big Ten every year, you know, there's going to be something that goes wrong, um, then where are you at? So I think they got to protect themselves for that. Now, they have the luxury right now, uh, I think, of taking gradual steps with NIL while they're on this great, you know, run that they're, they're you know, with winning on the field, um, but they got to get there. And, and I think that, you know, that is definitely a concern. It's a concern everywhere in the country, huge. I mean, think of every single fan base in the entire country are probably either complaining about their NIL or wondering, is this going to work or do we have the money? Um, so it's not just a Michigan thing, but I think, you know, it, it's definitely something that's always got to be in the back of your mind. And that's no different at Michigan because they were slow to adapt. For sure. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us. You, you talked about the difference with Harbaugh in these last two championship years, last two college football playoff years. I think the assistance and hitting the right buttons and McDonald and Minter, uh, when you look at the offensive assistance and all the changes he made, which most said, well, nobody wants to work for Harbaugh. Look at all the attrition, guys coming and going. You know, even when players hit the transfer portal. Uh, but his assistance and the way they've come together uh, the last two years, and even losing McDonald, you're like, oh, here we go again. And Minner steps in. Who, who do you think is the most valuable assistant to Jim Harbaugh out of the group, which I think top to bottom, they're all solid. Who would you deem the Clayton Safey MVP of Harbaugh's staff? I think... Well, first of all, with the question about the most valuable assistant is the fact that it's a debate is a really good uh, problem for Michigan to have. I'd say probably the number one thing Jim Harbaugh realized after 2020 and, and probably after those two Ohio State games in 18 and 19 where you couldn't stop them for anything uh, is they had to make a change at defensive coordinator. What they did is go to a little bit more of an NFL type of system. Ben don't break uh, and Mike McDonald pushing that button. And they've been able to follow that up with Jesse Minter, who was the runner up for that job the year before he goes to Vanderbilt, gets a year of experience in the power five. I know Vanderbilt's not a great program, but in the sec, they're facing some of those big time programs. A um, little bit lucky there that he was able to pull that off, but, but just great moves. But I I'm pointing to Sharon Moore on the offensive line. And now he's the sole offensive coordinator. What they've done in getting back to Jim Harbaugh's roots and he's always kind of had this model of how he wants to have offense at Michigan. But now he has the guy, it feels like, to run it from up front on the offensive line and now calling the plays. Uh, Sharon Moore is an absolute stud. He's a head coach in waiting. Jim Harbaugh said he is beyond ready to be a head coach. I think that's going to come at some point. And down the road, it could be at Michigan. So, um, and, and he loves it here. And he loves, you know, he's, he's a Michigan guy now. Uh, you know, he didn't play here, he played at Oklahoma. But he's also a Harbaugh guy, uh, and, and he knows exactly what vision 
uh, Jim Harbaugh has for that offense. So I'm going with Sharon Moore, but man, Jesse Minter is right up there. Steve Klingscale, what he's done with that defensive backfield as well has been huge. I agree. Uh, when when I look at it, uh, Moore, uh, Klingscale, and a combination of McDonald and uh, Minter would uh, be at the top of my assistant list. So Harbaugh pushing all the right buttons. And like, like we talked earlier, uh, you know, the backup quarterback, you lose J.J. McCarthy. Uh, that could derail the season. You never know. You could pound the rock. Your defense could step up. Uh, but there aren't a lot of questions about this team uh, going into the season. So what I want to do in our next segment is I want to play the schedule game, and I'll give you my uh, final Michigan prediction on the upcoming uh, season. So, Clayton, stick around. Uh, the Wolverine.com. Uh, is your go-to source for everything University of Michigan Athletics. They do a great job. Ballas and Skeen have the Michigan Football Podcast. All right, so we'll play the schedule game coming up uh, with Clayton Safey. Remember the Wolverine.com. Also want to give a shout-out to Puama Westphalia. Got a ton of text coming in. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. If you're from Puamo, you might be able to only do two numbers, 21, and still get in. Not sure about the text exchange and the towers there near 96. Uh, so Austin Fox used to work at the Wolverine.com. He took a covered wagon up from Dexter, and he opened up a communication center for the kids to be able to text and now the Wolverine.com put a computer, a laptop in there at the community center in Puama, Westphalia, where kids now can learn about University of Michigan Athletics. Thank you, On3.com. Thank you, Chris Ballas. Soon to be the king of PW, and that's Puama, Westphalia. They love the huge show. They love Clayton and Austin Fox, who's doing God's work in Puama, Westphalia. He's there for the children. He's there for ballast. He's there for everybody's needs. Thank you, Austin Fox. Clayton, stick around. I will play the schedule game of Michigan schedule. You can do it on the Mercantile listener line, Mercantile Bank, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. And even beyond Puama Westphalia, text the word HUGE to 21,000. Uh, look at the Michigan schedule on your phone and for football in the fall of 2023 and let me know uh, the win-loss total you have. On the Mercantile Bank listener line, one 838 4843 From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Disturbed, the Take Back Your Life Tour. Labor Day Monday, September 4th at Soaring Eagle. And same show, same night, Stained. Tickets start at $34 and on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Disturbed and Stained. Labor Day Monday, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. 
At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Bill Simonson here for my good friend, Tom Rosenbach. He's been the managing partner at Bean Garter for years. He helped grow that firm with the great men and women who are there every day in downtown Grand Rapids working hard for their clients. Well, now Bean Garter has officially merged with Dorn Mayhew, a Detroit-based business company, and they're still going to have that local feel. The same local experts you know and trust, but with newly expanded global capabilities. So Bean Garter is becoming Dorn Mayhew, which means stronger than ever before. And stronger together is that hashtag you can remember now as Bean Garter becomes a Dorn Mayhew firm. But remember, they'll still have that local feel in Grand Rapids and across the state. Dorn Mayhew is a Michigan-based company in Troy. But that local feel with a global reach. And Tom Rosenbach wanted me to express to every client and individual listening that Bean Garter now is a Dorn Mayhew firm. Did you know that child abuse is 100% preventable? 100%. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police could use your help because you have the power to make that 100% dream a reality. Start by talking with your local police department and learn how you can work together to prevent child abuse right in your own community. 100% is within our reach, and our kids are counting on us to make it happen. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us for another 15-minute get-together. So, Clayton, we're going to play the win-loss game for Michigan regular season games, we won't know who the Big Ten title game is until late November, early uh, December. So we'll start uh, with week one, which will be East Carolina. The Michigan schedule is daunting during the month of September. Maybe some of the biggest games ever in Wolverine history. So the Pirates of East Carolina, week one, Clayton, what happens? I think... Michigan will probably win that game. Um, and East Carolina made a bowl last year, uh, had a pretty good offense, but I think Michigan will be too much on uh, September 2nd. And can I just dispel something real quick, too, like the people that are going to talk about the the whole schedule thing with Michigan like they did last year. Um, if you look at some other powerhouses, including in the SEC, so the Big Ten plays nine conference games, the SEC plays eight, a lot of these SEC teams play FCS opponents. 
down, you know, a division or half a division, however you want to classify it. Um, and a lot of times they do that late in the season in November as kind of a tune-up. Uh, so here are the, the weakest three non-conference games for Georgia. Uh, UT Martin, which is an FCS opponent, Ball State, and UAB. Alabama plays Middle Tennessee, South Florida, and Chattanooga, FCS. LSU, Grambling, FCS, Army, and Georgia State. So let's just let's just start with that before we get that whole narrative by Heather Dinich and all the people at ESPN and, and whatnot in the national media. Well, I, I look at the schedule just easy. I, I would like to see a big boy game early. It, you know, your first three, we can just, we don't have to play the schedule game on wins. We agree that East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. I mean, that bus ride up from Bowling Green, Ohio, where those kids are dreaming of winning at the big house just won't happen. I, I like when I've seen, you know, whether it was Washington at home or some test games, just to get where the team's at. Uh, because I, I look at the Big Ten, and I know Luke Fickle will, I think he'll build a potential champion again at Wisconsin. I just don't find the conference to be that good. I, I really don't beyond Ohio State and Penn State. I, I really don't. You know, I look at a Jeff Brom going back to Louisville. He sees the writing on the wall. I know we talked earlier this week about USC and UCLA joining. I look at Michigan and I say, okay, Rutgers, that's not going to be a test. Nebraska, everybody's thinking rule is going to do a miracle work just like they thought Scott Frost would. Nebraska, to get to that next level, I just don't see them recruiting like you need to, right? And there's so many options and there's so many places that kids can go. Uh, we'll see what rule can do. You know, P.J. Fleck uh, at is that at Minnesota? Yeah. So that might be the first squirrely game potentially, right? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's pretty easy to predict wins for Michigan, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. But this at Nebraska, at Minnesota stretch is really interesting to me, and it kind of reminds me of two years ago in 2021 when Michigan goes at Wisconsin and at Nebraska. And that Wisconsin game was kind of their coming out party. Uh, they win that game pretty handily. But the Nebraska game was dicey. Nebraska went 3-9 and nine that year, but they had a ton of close games, uh, and that one was really close. Michigan needed a game-winning kick by Jake Moody. They needed a turnover late in that game. I, I'm predicting that one of those two games at Nebraska, at Minnesota, are close, and that's going to kind of be that first defining moment of Michigan season. If they survive, it'll be you know potentially one of those defining moments in a championship type of year. If they lose, you know then the margin for error gets gets super slim as they try to you, know, you could still piece together a Big Ten championship, but you really, you really can't lose another game. So, um, I would, uh, I, I predict that one of those two is going to be close. And I think Minnesota, I, I like what PJ Fleck has done there. I'm interested to see what Nebraska is. That's going to be a heck of an environment. We were there a couple of years ago, and I mean that was about as crazy as an, of an environment as I've seen. So, um, yeah, it, it's those are going to be tough games, and Minnesota is going to show out too. That, that'll be a you know pretty big crowd there as well. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. Yeah, look at those first four. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, you're 4-0. And then what is interesting with this schedule, and I'm not saying they're going to lose those games like you're talking about them being close, but that at Nebraska on September 30th, then at Minnesota, Indiana at home should be an easy W. And then you're at Michigan State in the rivalry game. Three of those four games... After the first four uh, of the schedule where you should get wins, if you can go win those three road games, 
that will be the point after Michigan State on October 21st in East Lansing where you'll start thinking, you know what, they're going to run the table again. Yeah, and then you'll feel tested. I will say this, too, about the, the early season. You know, I'm talking about it in terms of resume and everything, but I'm, I'm not saying I agree with you, Washington, Notre Dame. Those are always fun games to, to have early on in the year. And I'm not saying it, you know, it couldn't be a detriment where maybe they're not ready against Rutgers like a couple of years ago. That Rutgers game was dicey as well. Um, or Maryland last season where it was kind of their first test. So this will be that first stretch where they get tested. Um, I think Michigan State, we'll see what they kind of are at this point. I don't see a ton on that roster that scares me if I'm Michigan. Are you telling me you don't fear Noah Kim like Chris Ballas does? <laughs> I I mean, we'll see what Noah Kim is. I, the only guy I really feared on that roster was Keon Coleman, who made plays against Michigan last year. And now he he's going to go somewhere else. So... Um, and I'm not saying they don't have talent over there, but I just I just don't see that. I, I see them going in a downward slide here under Mel Tucker. I just can't pick Nebraska, Minnesota, or Michigan State, three of those four road games, to beat Michigan. I just can't with J.J. with the depth, with no weakness, unless you didn't have J.J. McCarthy, that I might uh, change my mind. So I have them 8-0, then make it 9-0 with Purdue, I don't think at Penn State with a new quarterback is going to be a challenge for Michigan. I, I don't, and that comes up on uh, November 11th. I just don't I don't see that. I don't see uh, at Maryland. They do seem to play a, a ton of road games this year against quality teams. Maryland has improved, and then you get Ohio State at home. I, I have a tough time finding a loss. I really do. I know you look and see all the road games, and you're like, well, can they win every game on the road? There, there are no potential college football playoff teams or Big Ten champions from any of those games that are on the road that people are thinking Michigan could lose. Well, I would point to Penn State, and I'll say this too. Drew Aller, who you know looks like he's going to be Penn State's quarterback, a five-star type of kid, he won't be a new quarterback on November 11th. Um, you know, He'll have a lot of experience starting games under his belt. And think of it, last year, J.J. McCarthy was a quote-unquote new quarterback coming into that season he didn't even start the first game and he performed you know extremely well in some of the biggest games like Ohio State so uh, I'm gonna say that and I think uh, that was announced as a as a noon gamer at least it's trending that way it's gonna be their stripe out at Penn State that's big that it doesn't have to be at night as well Um, I think that's significant news for Michigan that they don't have to go there but I agree with you I think I would pick Michigan in that game right now I would pick Michigan individually in all these games we've talked about so far um but penn state is definitely one of those spots that i look at as a potential slip up no if that's your only loss and then you go into the ohio state game on november 25th with just that one loss you're still playing for just about everything uh, especially because it looks like the tiebreakers would would probably fall your way um you know with that but even looking back at purdue they lose a ton maryland we'll see what they are under you know in the 10th year under talia tagovailoa at quarterback um but you're right there's a lot of road games this year. That's how it breaks every other year in the Big Ten, with given the numbers. So, uh, and then you get the big one at home, which is uh, fortunate as well. And we saw what happened last time they came up to Ann Arbor. I think Michigan's a favorite in all of their games this year. I don't see them losing in the regular season. They get Ohio State uh, back at the big house, and who knows? Maybe it will be Cade versus JJ in the Big Ten championship game in Indy. How about that? I would. I mean, the storylines. As somebody who you know has to write about this stuff throughout the week, I mean, we'd be coming off of an Ohio State game, and then we get to write about Cade McNamara. Not just Cade either. Eric All at uh, the tight end spot. Both were captains for Michigan last year, and then 
uh, suffer injuries and, and move on to Iowa. So I'm interested to see what Iowa does. Uh, they played the transfer portal pretty well this year. But, yeah, I mean, going back to Ohio State, I would I would put Michigan as a slight favorite there at this point. But even them, their new quarterback, whoever wins that job, isn't going to be a new guy at that point. They're going to build up, you know, some chemistry and, and experience throughout the way. And and that's a really talented team, too. So there's no given. You know, just because you beat them two years in a row doesn't mean it's going to be three. Uh, but I think Michigan, you know, I would expect them to win that game given all the talent they have, the experience that these guys have. I look at Michigan's schedule at 12-0, and 0, and whether it's Cade or Wisconsin or whoever gets in from the West, I believe they will have a 13-0 and 0 season, and the key will be, uh, when they get to the college football playoff, can they get over that hump and win a game? Because if they would get to the college football playoff, and yeah, thirteen and zero is awesome, three straight Big Ten titles, it would be three state uh, straight times beating Ohio State. But man, when you know people remember your last game of the year, they do, and those players remember the last game of the year. I mean, they every guy you talk to to a man this spring, and I'm sure that this will continue, and the same things will be said during fall camp is what they're thinking about is giving over that hump. Uh, they, they posted it on social media, but the the food menus at Schembechler Hall, at the bottom of them, every day, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, the bottom of it, it says Houston or bust, and the national championship game is in Houston this year. So they're gunning for that. And then usually you hear the talk about beat Ohio State or die trying, you know, win the Big Ten. That's the, always the, the goal at Michigan. Um, but with this group, they kind of have their own, you know, set of goals to, hey, let's go win it all this year. Uh, they certainly feel like they have the team. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, if they lose three straight years in the semifinal, especially given that you had that TCU matchup last year, I think coming out of that, people would look back and be like, man, they, they couldn't get there to the natty just once. Um, so, And then when you get there, anything can happen too. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this team has higher goals than just winning the Big Ten, but winning another Big Ten would be would be a heck of an accomplishment as well. Who will be the most surprised in offensive and defensive player, players, plural, for Michigan this football season that will help them win games? It's a great question. Um, I'm going to go on offense with a guy who started games in the past, um, but I'm going to go with Roman Wilson at the wide receiver spot. I just feel like there's more there that we haven't seen yet with his speed. Um, I think they're going to be able to, to play him a little bit more. He'll be able to play on the outside in addition to the slot. And a bunch of targets are up to, up for grabs now that Ronnie Bell is gone. I was talking to Ben Herbert, Michigan strength coach, a couple weeks ago, and he said he's going to be an absolute monster this season. He's really matured now that he's a senior. He's taken everything extremely seriously. Um, so I'm going to go with Roman Wilson as kind of a guy who, yeah, he wouldn't be a new name, but he'd be somebody that takes that big leap in his potentially his final season in college. And then on defense in terms of a surprise, I'm going to go with Derek Moore, uh, who's going to be a sophomore edge rusher on this team who just it's just a I mean he's just looks like a senior or a fifth year senior when you walk past him um but he's only a sophomore he's big he's athletic and they need somebody to emerge as a pass rusher and I think he can be that guy and that may be one of those things that puts them over the top in terms of being you know a semifinalist in the college football playoff or get to that final game on on Monday night in Houston can they get after the opposing quarterback and I think Derek Moore will help them uh, get there Thanks, Clayton. Later in this show, we'll talk to Chris Ballas and Doug Skeen, also from TheWolverine.com. More on Michigan, the Big Ten, and the Lions. Remember, our Mercantile Bank listener line is always open to you, the fans. 
1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan, and they're celebrating their newest location in Saginaw for our listeners on 100.9 FM. Now that giveaway with Labatt Blue for golf, for you and three friends, two nights, stay and play package, 36 holes of golf. Just text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 21000 if you want a shot at winning a Labatt Blue Golf Getaway to the Tullymore Golf Resort, Agaming, or Dumaglass. Text GOLF to 21000, and you have to be 21 and up. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Bill Simonson with Greg Harris back inside the leadership locker room. And Greg, you have a new book that you just penned called Sage Advice. Why did you go down this path and write this book? I think, Bill, what I've noticed with families is some elders really were involved and they gave great wisdom to the kids. I was blessed with that. I decided to pen this because I think our society has lost some respect for elders and what wisdom and nuggets they can help. I didn't say I listened to my parents well, but I got good advice. Sage advice. Uh, That's the book. Uh, MaximizeLeadership.com is the place where you can purchase uh, sage advice, and I think it is sage advice to uh, listen to your elders. You can learn more at 1-888-308-1600. That's 1-888-308-1600. Or get Greg's book, Sage Advice at MaximizeLeadership.com. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for a superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Hey, this is Matt Shepard from the Michigan Sports Network. I love summers in Michigan because it means golf season. Now, two things always when I go golfing. I make sure I got my sticks, and I've got plenty of cold, fresh Labatt Blue Light. Whether I've just squeezed in 18 holes or I just want to relax on the patio after a long day, everywhere I go, and I'm serious when I tell you this, I tell people about the smooth, genuine taste of Labatt Blue Light. It's just a great beer. Michigan Sports Network is giving you a chance to win a foursome to Michigan's best courses. Just listen weekdays to the Huge Show and X's and Bros, or just text GOLF to 21,000 to enter. That's GOLF to 21,000. The trip includes two 
two overnight stays and two rounds of golf, all brought to you by my friends at Labatt Blue Light. So grab a Labatt Blue Light the next time you head out onto the course and enjoy the blue skies because blue is for Michigan summers and great times. Always enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023 Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt is a registered U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company, LTD. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another Moving Ferris Forward interview. Every week we talk with President Pink or other leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan at Ferris State University. And Dr. Pink is back with us today. And we're going to talk about high schoolers or adults or anybody listening who's thinking about college this fall and some unbelievable programs, Dr. Pink, that Ferris has to offer. Yeah, and, and I, I tell you, as always, it is so good for us to be a part of and partner with you, Bill. I mean, on a huge show, this means a lot to us. Um, and, you know, as we get ready to head into fall and, and, and looking at how school is going to get up and running, um, I have so many students, parents and others, who so often talk about uh, paying for college. And it's a big, it's always a big question. We know nationally that is always something that people are focused on, concerned with, and in many cases worried about. The thing I love about what we are doing at the at the university, um, aside from Fair State uh, leveraging some of the state dollars as far as uh, the new Michigan Achievement Scholarship, which is a great opportunity for this graduating class of 2023 uh, when folks qualify for that. They can go to our website, ferris.edu, and find out qualification. But uh, those are dollars that could be up to over $5,000 to help someone be able to go to college, uh, cutting down that price tag. And uh, aside from students who fill out the Pell Grant, fill out financial aid uh, forms, you know, the thing is big and long and people get tired of it, but my goodness, brother, it can get folks funding and money to help them go to college. And so we have folks in the financial aid office ready to help folks in seeing if uh, some of those Pell Grants or other uh, grant uh, opportunities are available for them. And then uh, right there, Ferris, with our Ferris Foundation, our Ferris Future Scholarship, I mean, there are uh, all kinds of dollars that the institution provides. We can help people get to college and be able to cut that price tag down So. Yeah, go to ferris.edu if you want contact with the financial aid department about the Michigan Achievement Scholarship, the Ferris Foundation, and also I like this, the Ferris Pledge. Uh, explain that in detail, uh, what is there for the Ferris Pledge to help students and families cut costs going to school. Yeah, and I'll tell you on that, Bill, when, when folks fill out part of that Ferris Pledge, folks fill out that uh, financial aid form called the FAFSA. If one you know, gets used to that term who are looking at college, they fill that out. Figure out what the dollar figure is in terms of what grants that they may be available for. For a person who's available for a full Pell, and then if uh, as, a, as a freshman coming in uh, this year, graduating uh, senior for this year, if they also qualify for that Michigan Achievement Scholarship now, that Ferris pledge, that can really fill out the rest of a person's price tag to where uh, there will there will be folks coming to school when they add that Ferris pledge, when they're eligible for those other two. It will add up to where uh, we have folks there at a zero price tag when it comes to uh, if they qualify for all those things. Um, 
that will come out to a zero price tag uh, for several for several of our, our students coming in. And that zero price tag is uh, tuition paid, uh, get dollars help toward housing, um, toward books. I mean, uh, the funds that are available through the pledge and through the Michigan Achievement Scholarship and just through some of our institutional dollars. For folks who are in need, there's no need for someone who uh, is short on cash. There's no need for them to not have opportunity to at least get some, if not all, those dollars. President Pink uh, is helping move Ferris forward, joining us for his weekly conversation on the huge show across Michigan. And as he just mentioned, Ferris State not only offers the best academic career focused collegiate experience in West Michigan, if not the entire state, but also one of the most affordable. And one thing uh, that I like that I found out today, the professor to student ratio at Ferris, faculty to student ratio is the official title, is only 15 to 1. And that's how Ferris is molding the minds and building leaders for the future. 15 to 1 faculty to student ratio. Uh, that That's lower than high school. Well, and, and you start thinking about that. And you think about students who uh, struggle uh, a little bit, or even students who are knocking it out of the park. You know, some of those classes we have, some of them are right there at 15, some are around 20. We average at about 15 uh, typically on, on, on many of our, of our classes. And when you start thinking about that, and you think about a professor in class that's able to have that kind of a ratio in many of our classes, that gives the student more of an opportunity to have that one-on-one that after class is over, hey, can I talk to you about this? Hey, can I come see you uh, at your office uh, later on this week? Those are the kind of opportunities that afford students. And so when you start talking about some of those programs that we have, Bill, you, and adding that up to that, that uh, class ratio, so you start thinking about uh, some of the things that we offer not only in uh, welding engineering, construction management, um, nursing, our healthcare related programs, um, our, our social work programs, um, our professional golf management. You start talking about all these kind of programs and more that are sending people to work. That's the thing I love about what we do, Bill. Our programs send people to work, and you're not just going to go to work at a job that's going to pay you 10 or 10 or 11 bucks an hour, you're going to get into a living wage uh, uh, opportunity that's going to be able to feed you and your family when you finish with us. That's what I love about what we do. Dr. Pink is helping move Ferris forward each and every week. We hear from the leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan at Ferris State University. If you want to find out more on how affordable, how truly low the number can go for some prospective students go to ferris.edu that's ferris.edu you can find out more about the faculty to student ratio we just talked about and this is what ferris state university is doing in terms of moving ferris forward they are creating leaders but also making sure that families can find an affordable way to send their kids to school or even the mom and dad can jump back into college go to ferris Edu. You can find out more about the Ferris Pledge, the Michigan Achievement Scholarship, the Ferris Foundation, uh, where they can help make the academic experience affordable. All this at Ferris.edu. It's part of moving Ferris forward because when you stop and think about it, Dr. Pink, you have to make it affordable in today's environment. have to because uh, college and getting a, a university education there are many places that you're going to walk out of there and have uh, loans and huge bills uh, to try to pay for for years after. 
um, we're focused on how we can cut that number down and in some cases cut that down to uh, zero, if anything. And that's that's going to be important for people as they try to get into their career path uh, to have little to nothing to continue to pay back when it comes to college. Ferris.edu, all the financial aid information, Ferris Pledge and more, the scholarships, uh, the Pell Grant money, all that that's available to uh, some of the pr- uh, prospective students. That's Ferris. Uh, .edu. It's part of what's moving Ferris forward. Dr. Pink, he is the president at Ferris State University in Big Rapids. Man, I love to hear that. It's affordable for families out there and individuals. Dr. Pink, uh, keep up the great work. Keep moving Ferris forward, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate you. All right, Dr. Pink, you can just hear his energy, man. It's contagious. It is. When I first met him, when he was a president at Grand Rapids Community College, I can see why the board and Ferris hired him. He has a plan, too, in making things affordable for individuals and families without lowering the academic standards and having an average ratio of 15 to 1 on faculty and students. The education is waiting for you. You can move your life forward Ferris is moving forward. Be a part of it. Go to ferris.edu. That's ferris.edu. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. In Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoarinEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoarinEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another journey together on the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show. We're heard on 19 stations. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can also listen to the live stream weekdays 3 until 6. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in America, 3 until 6 p.m., where you get mobile service. Welcome back. Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com. We've been talking Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, uh, Lions football, and I wanted to get Chris's thoughts here about what this team will look like when the depth chart is there for game one against East Carolina. So, Chris, this team, from the last time people saw Michigan in the 
college football playoff loss to TCU. Uh, what will be the most notable differences in terms of names in the starting lineup? Yeah, if you look at the offensive line, it's going to be revamped, right? You lose a couple of guys, and you're going to need a starting left tackle. Ryan Hayes, who's been there forever, is gone. Uh, he's out, you know, off to the NFL. So your center, Olu Oluwatimi, is actually with Seattle now and doing a great job by all accounts. He's really kind of made an impression already as a fourth-round pick. So, But that's an important position. So that's where it starts to me. Uh, are you going to have the personnel to be – Joe Moore Award winners for the third time in a row. I think that uh, it's possible. I don't think they'll win it for a third time, but I think they're they're going to have personnel. And, and Sharon Moore does an unbelievable job with those guys. So that's where that starts. And but if you look at the skill positions, you know, with Ronnie Bell leaving, they're going to need somebody to step up at wide receiver. Uh, on defense, you lose Mozzie Smith in the middle. So. But you remember a couple of years ago when they lost Aiden Hutchinson and they lost David Ojabo, and they're like, how are they going to replace these guys? Well, Michigan's reloading now. Uh, they aren't rebuilding. So you look at guys like Mason Graham, uh, defensive tackle, who had probably the best the best year for a true freshman defensive tackle that we've ever seen at Michigan since I've been covering Michigan football. I think he's going to step right in. They love Sean Benny. Chris Jenkins is going to be a captain, uh, and he's going to about 300 pounds now. So uh, you're going to need somebody to step up at defensive end. And uh, But, you know, everybody overlooks Jalen Harrell. Here's a guy who, when I speak to the coaching staff, they say, this guy's always been overlooked. This is a guy primed to make another uh, another move. So, And really the special teams, uh, and you look at the kicker, that's the big one, Jake Moody, replacing him and talking to people close to it. You know, they say you can't expect – all-American kicking every year, especially this year when you lose a guy like Jake Moody, but they bring in a guy, James Turner, from Louisville. So uh, some different pieces, Bill, but so much talent still that they'll be the favorite to win the Big Ten. So let's look at the offense. Uh, If somebody was being handed a depth chart card for week one and that season was kicking off tomorrow, Across the offense, across the defense, how would that 22 look? Yeah, let's start in the offensive line. The left tackle, right? We were just talking about, I think, Ladarius Henderson is the guy that they went out and got, expecting him to win that job. He's played it at Arizona State. He did not practice with the team this spring, and that was a little bit disappointing. He had some classes to finish. But here's a guy who they think can have an Oluwatimi-type impact on the offensive line love him at the offensive at the left guard or left tackle spots so got those long arms uh, outstanding so next to him trevor keegan a guy that's been there forever at left guard he had some neck injury problems last year but he's really come a long way uh, in terms of getting back to full health so uh center is a big one i think drake nugent out of stanford is a guy that they love I think he was second team all Pac-12 for Stanford last year, but he's got some guys pushing him, some young guys, Raheem Anderson. I expect Nugent to win the job. And then next to him, Zach Zinter, who comes back. Uh, He and Keegan talked right after that TCU game last year, Bill, and said we can't leave on this note. we got to come back and we got some unfinished business here. This is a luxury. When you get guys like that coming back, it's like getting a five-star recruit, right, uh, out of high school, but better because he's been here and he's played it. So it doesn't get much better than that. And then I think at right tackle, you've got a, a battle between Trent A. Jones and Carson Barnhart. I think Barnhart's going to win that battle. I think he's ready. Uh, he played a lot last year after Jones got hurt. So that's how it shapes up across the front there. So uh, tight end, Colston Loveland. Uh, it's interesting. They were talking about 
other guys at the at the tight end position. Loveland is going to be an All American. They think and they think he's going to be potentially a first round draft pick as a tight end, and that tells you how highly they think of him. This kid from Idaho, but AJ Barner coming in out of uh, Indiana is going to be able to play a lot too. And then Marlon Klein's a guy that they, t- they haven't talked about a whole lot. You got walk ons like Max Bredesen there. They say he's the most athletic in the room, and he barely saw the field. So that position is deep. They, they feel really good about it. Wide receiver. Cornelius Johnson comes back. He led the team in receiving uh, a couple years ago. I think you're going to see him take that step. Uh, Sharon Moore has spoken highly of him, saying, hey, he can probably be a guy that approaches 1,000 yards. We'll see if that's true, especially when you've got the running game they've got. But he's primed to take another step. Roman Wilson is a kid that they love. Uh, and they think that, you know, with five more pounds, which he's got, he's really worked in the weight room. He's putting up NFL type numbers in all these shuttle drills and things where they think, okay, he's ready. If he can get a little stronger and get off the line, he's got the speed that he can really make an impact and, and, you know, be 500, 600 yard guy at least, maybe even be a number one receiver. He's not the biggest guy, but if he gets stronger, he can, he can be that guy that, uh, that you can depend on. So, uh, and in the slot, Tyler Morris is a guy that they love. So lose A.J. Henning, uh, who was their kick returner and their punt returner. And uh, at the same time, you know what? Nobody's really losing sleep over it. But one guy that I think you'll see playing a lot there, too, is Donovan Edwards. And we talked about this earlier in the week. you got to get him on the field, right? So Blake Corum will be your running back and get the majority of the carries. Edwards did tell us earlier this year, he said, you know what, I expect the carries to be more 50-50 this year. But when you got a guy like Blake Corum, I, I think you're going to see him get the majority of the carries. Donovan Edwards is going to be a guy that gets his, but at the same time plays some receiver too. So, uh, And then, of course, your quarterback, man, J.J. McCarthy, this kid's special. Uh, this guy is everything that you're looking for in a quarterback. Uh, he never complained last year when he wasn't throwing the ball 35 times a game. That's what I love about him. You know what? He's all about winning. And when we talked to him before the TCU game last year, he said, you know what? We've got the offensive line. We've got the backs. We're going to play smash-mouth football. I love it. I don't care how much I throw. You know what? I'll throw five times if I have to, if we need to win a ball game. But you're going to see him be more involved in the offense as well, I think, running the ball too. They got him outside the tackles last year against TCU. And uh, Jim Harbaugh says, you know what, we got to teach him to get down. There's a huge drop uh, between him and whoever his backup is. But that kid, that's the kind of guy that wins championships for you. And you know what, I think he's primed for a big year. And backing up McCarthy, more likely Tuttle, the transfer who came in from Indiana. Yeah, most likely. I think at this point, just because he's got the experience. But if you look at a guy like Davis Warren, they really like him. Could have been a scholarship guy. He actually had a, a disease that cost him his senior year, and he comes in and, you know what, had a great spring game last year, had a really good spring this year. They love Alex Orgy. You're going to see him in those positions again when he's running the ball. If you look at his body, this is a guy where if you look at him, you're like, how do we get him on the field? And I think more than anything, they love the way that he runs, but he's starting to throw the ball well, too, we saw in the spring game. So I think he's got a future here at some point. So, uh, you know what, it's a battle there, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But again, huge drop-off between McCarthy and whoever is behind him. And that Michigan defense, uh, when you look at that uh, battle, or battles plural, uh, for starting positions, uh, how will that shake out? Yeah, uh, defense, we talked about the interior line. I, I love it. Uh, it's probably deeper and better than any that I've seen since I've been covering this team, and it's like 25 years now. And you can go back to 
the 97 team, uh, they had some great talent there, but they didn't have this depth where you've got guys like Jenkins and Graham. Kenneth Grant is a kid that Jim Harbaugh called a gift from the football gods last year because he runs a sub-540 at 348, 350 pounds. So if he learns to play with a the technique, they said, and, and can really get that leverage, then he's going to be special. So Sean Benny they like as well. But on the edges, they got to have somebody step up to rush the quarterback. They think Derek Moore is a future first or second round pick. Uh, and I, you know what? He was terrorizing quarterbacks this spring. He was. We saw him run over a couple of tackles in the spring game to get to the quarterback. I love him there. Josiah Stewart, a kid from Coastal Carolina, not huge, but is a guy that's going to be out there on third down uh, on the edge. And they think Braden McGregor has a chance to take over games. They compare him to Aiden Hutchinson and say, "Look, you're built the same way. You're the same size." You've got the same ability. It's time for you to start taking over football games. They think he can do that. So uh, Jalen Harrell, as we just talked about, is another guy that is overlooked. People are like, well, you know what? He doesn't get the big sack numbers. This guy is great against the run, great against, great setting the edge. Uh, he's everything you're looking for. So a uh, great returning nucleus there uh, in the front seven. Junior Colson is another guy they think can take over football games at linebacker. Uh, as a junior now, they want him to take that next step. They think he can be an All-American. And losing to Kai Hill Green, uh, the reason that he left, though, is because you got a couple guys who really stepped up. Mike Barrett's a sixth-year guy. I talked to him in Cleveland when they were on their team trip out east, and uh, he said, you know what, I'm the old guy in the room. And Chris Partridge actually recruited him here the first time, Michigan line, linebackers coach, who was here that long ago before leaving to Mississippi that he was recruiting Mike Barrett. And he said, you know what, he's he's hard on me, but I love it. He said, uh, because I need it. I need that coaching. Uh, they love him. And Ernest Hausman behind him from Nebraska. Uh, this kid's all over the field. So uh, it's just it's amazing watching him. His film, when he played for Nebraska in the big house, notched 10 tackles as a true freshman, and then to see him in the spring game again doing the same things but in a Michigan uniform. So they got some bodies there. So then in the secondary, Rod Moore at safety. I love this kid. Uh, Really is probably one of the best in terms of scouting an opponent that I've ever seen. Uh, It reminds you of some of the Ohio State teams that Michigan used to play when, you know what, it was almost like they knew the Michigan playbook. Uh, Rod Moore was that good against Ohio State last year. So uh, love him back there. Makari Page is a guy they think is going to play on Sundays too. And last year the light went on for him to the point that R.J. Moten hits the transfer portal. You know, you hear rivals saying, oh, my God, Michigan lost their their top, one of their top safeties. Well, didn't play in the TCU game last year as a healthy scratch for a reason, was actually working out with the linebackers. So uh, you got a pair of safeties there and a couple of young guys behind him and Keon Saab and Zeke Berry, who they love. Uh, great, highly recruited guys that they think can, can provide some depth there. Will Johnson at corner has a chance to be one of the elite corners here. He was actually playing with an injury last year, Bill, that nobody really knew about it from high school. So he was out this spring, and they were cleaning some stuff up. Uh, and uh, But you saw in the Purdue game how deadly and lethal this guy can be. And uh, you put him out there, and, you know, it's the cliche, take away half the field. Well, this guy's taking away half the field. So the other corner is the one that we're watching closely. And, uh, you know, you got Nickel, Mike Sainristel, who Doug Skeen says, you know, this guy's a football player, and he's absolutely right. That was one of the great moves that Jim Harbaugh made. So he can play some other corner, but he told me, specifically in Cleveland, he said, you know what, no, I played generally nickel this spring. He said, yeah, I can play there if they need me to, 
but I have faith in the young guys, Jaden McBurrows, guys like Jair Hill, Amorian Walker, who we talked about. So somebody's got to step up there. The good news is they got one of the best in the country coaching them back there in Steve Klinkscale. He'll have somebody ready there. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. If you have a Michigan football question, uh, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line, one 838 4843 That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan, local team members, local decision makers, and also a bank you can trust and depend on which is more important than ever before. When you look at the assistant coaches, who do you think is irreplaceable from that staff that you would put at the top of the list? Maybe not necessarily the best, but the most valuable assistant coach for Harbaugh. If you had to pick one, which it's kind of tough with Moore and Kling Scales, and you look at Minner and the job he did stepping in for McDonald, Chris, but from your trips to Schembechler, uh, watching the practices, the games, who do you think really in the last two years outside of hardball has been the man as one of his assistants? I think you got to go with Sharon Moore, right? And here's a guy who really could have been a head coach last year. He had a chance to take a couple of jobs uh, in speaking to people in the building, turned them down because he can be choosy at this point. And uh, that's saying something, right? When you talk about Jim Harbaugh's coaching tree and the coaching staffs that he's had here this is by far in my opinion the best staff he's had in terms of coaching and recruiting I could give you literally one of five or six guys on this staff and say okay this guy this would be a blow if he left and uh, and, and talking to some of Jerome Moore's colleagues they say okay it's only a matter of time before Moore leaves because he's going to have opportunities everywhere and uh he would be tough to replace just because of the the way he coaches a line. How often are you going to win back-to-back Joe Moore awards, number one? They love him in that room. He played the position at Oklahoma and, uh, you know, replaced a guy in Ed Warner who really took it to another level and took it that much further. So, uh, And he's your offensive coordinator. So if you look at Minter and, you know, what, he replaced Mike McDonald, but they were so similar and they knew so much about each other. Uh, who's that next guy? So, you know what, I'd kind of put him up there too. He's teaching guys like Clink Scale, who I think, you know what, uh, is learning the defense along with Jay Harbaugh at safeties. So uh, Mike Elston at defensive line uh, is a guy who's been a coordinator for a short time at Notre Dame, kind of like on a trial basis that you think, okay, this guy's ready too. So Chris Partridge at, uh, has been a coordinator. A lot of these guys have coordinator experience. So, uh, But to me, it's more... Uh, I love everything about him. I've, I've been singing his praises for years, just as one of those guys who not only is a great recruiter, but relates so well to kids that I firmly believe, and in speaking to people in that building, that he could be the guy. If he goes out and, you know what, cuts his teeth somewhere, he could come back and be the next head coach at the University of Michigan down the road. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is joining us. You can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics 24-7 at thewolverine.com. All right, away from assistance. Harbaugh, the last two years have been near perfect during the regular season, as good as it gets for Michigan fans. College football playoff, you got whacked by Georgia. Hindsight, you know, if you could find two more quarters, 
you're probably in the championship game, and who knows, against Georgia, they were beatable. I'll debate that all day with people. Ohio State almost beat them. Look what Michigan did to Ohio State in Columbus. Is Harbaugh at Michigan five years from now? Do you think Jim Harbaugh is still the head coach in Ann Arbor? That's a great question. You wonder why somebody, you know, more NFL teams weren't interested in him this year. Back-to-back wins over Ohio State. He's proven to be one of the best coaches in the country, Bill, right, regardless of level. He's done things in the NFL and in college, like Pete Carroll that we've always talked about. You know, there's only, there are only a couple of guys that have had that level of success, and he's one of them, So, but he's 60 years old. So it's a young man's game now in the NFL, and I was, I was certain – that last year, I thought, okay, you know, Denver showed some interest. I think there's something working against them there that maybe uh, some of the, I'm not going to call it collusion, but I think owners talk, right? And I think the reputation that he got at San Francisco of being difficult to work with uh, is something that is being working against him and being held against him uh, to Michigan's benefit because here's a guy, look what he's done, look what he's doing on the recruiting trail now. Uh, and I don't think he was planning on being here nine years. And he, and he basically said that, you know, he said, I, you know, I was going to be here for seven years. And uh, I promised Jim Hackett seven years when I first came here. And we know that he was ready to go to Minnesota if they were ready to hire him. That didn't work out for whatever reason. So uh, long story short, I think he very well could be. And uh, if he is, boy, the way that this thing is humming right now, uh, you're going to see Michigan in the hunt for championships here for the next several years. And with the expansion of the college football playoff a year from now, 12 teams will get in. That will be a game changer. And the addition of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, like we talked about. Remember, you can follow Chris, Clayton Safey, Anthony Broom, and the team at thewolverine.com. If you have a Michigan football question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. The 1-2. Right side, there it is! Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you. 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, TV 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. 
are back on the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer in downtown Grand Rapids at our flagship station, 96.1 The Game. We've been talking about Michigan State, the Big Ten Lions, and also Michigan football. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is joining us this hour. And Chris, uh, the schedule game. Let's go through the Michigan schedule. How many regular season wins and also how will Michigan finish their season? Now, I look at the first four games and we can agree 4-0, correct? Oh, yeah. They'll be double-digit favorites, heavy favorites. More than that, not triple-digit favorites, obviously, but maybe 20-point 20, 20 favorites in each of those games. East Carolina, here in rumblings that that might be a night game to start the year, Bill, believe it or not, from my people at, at U- the University of Michigan. So that'd be interesting um, and uh, and kind of exciting for people. Better then than in November when it's snowing, right? But uh, East Carolina looking like a win. UNLV, they're going to take care of business in that one, uh, another home game. It's a very similar to last year's home non-conference schedule where you're looking and thinking, okay, where's the beef, right? Where's that one marquee game? That will come in 2024 when they play Texas, not coming next year. So Bowling Green's the third game. They're going to win that one handily. Greg Schiano has had, he's improved Rutgers a, a little bit, but it, you know what? Last year they took a step backwards. That team's not ready to come into Ann Arbor and be competitive against Michigan. So 4-0 without breaking a sweat. And then the next stretch features three of four on the road, including games at Nebraska, at Minnesota, at Michigan State. Three games that I believe Michigan will be favored in. I don't look at any of those three as rising superstars uh, in Big Ten championship circles or even contention. So I'm taking, including that Indiana game, Michigan winning that next group of four, and they're 8-0 to start the season. Yeah, and the tricky ones, I think, are when you go to Nebraska and Minnesota back-to-back. Those are long road trips, right? And uh, Nebraska, I've never, literally ever, heard a louder crowd than I did for that night game at Nebraska a couple of years ago. That environment was unbelievable. Uh, for Michigan to be able to pull that one out, that wasn't a great football team they played, Nebraska, but you know what? That crowd helped keep them in the game and really kind of helped change the turn the tide when Michigan took a big lead early in that game. So that's one to watch. And then the second half of that one, turning around and going right back out to Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, a uh, good football coach. People can say whatever they want to about him, but if you look at Minnesota, they lose a lot. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, a running back, but you know what? Uh, I think they're going to be... One of those teams, one of those games, remember when the Michigan went up there on Halloween a few years ago and needed a goal line stand to pull a game out uh, against Jerry Kill's team up there. So um, that's going to be a little bit squirrely. I agree with you, though. I think they win both of those games, come home, play Indiana. Remember just a few years ago, Indiana's out there competing for the Big Ten West, and uh, Tom Allen's team is struggling now. So they are picked, I think, to finish 13th in the league. Michigan State can always be a little squirrely. You never know what you're going to get up there. and uh, But that is a game where Michigan's going to be heavily favored. Michigan State losing guys like Peyton Thorne. And Keon Coleman is going to be, uh, you know, it's huge for them. So I don't think they're going to have a running game. I think they're going to have a hard time moving the football against Michigan. Could be a game similar to the one that we saw last year in Ann Arbor. So, uh, but you know what? Michigan's had struggles up there. You never take that one for granted. But I'm with you. I think they win that one as well. At Penn State, new quarterback uh, for Penn State. But that game is late in the season, so it won't be your typical new QB under fire Crazy environment, as good as any environment in the Big Ten when you travel on the road. 
Is that your flag game for Michigan? It is, and it is hard, as we've said over and over and over again, to go through a season undefeated. And if there's one game where you say, okay, if you had to pick one, that is the logical loss on this schedule, it would be at Penn State. Not going to be a night game. They've already announced Michigan State and Penn State. Fox is going to have the first pick that day. It'll be the big noon game, most likely, uh, probably 100%. So you're avoiding that and the whiteout and, and everything else. So I think that works to Michigan's benefit. But they got some good running backs. That is always a tough place to play. Michigan's had some struggles there. Uh, they've won some games there, too, over the years. And so uh, with a new quarterback coming in who's good, Drew Allar, uh, I think, uh, you know, has great potential. But first-year quarterback against this defense, I like Michigan uh, to play well. But I, I've said from the beginning, I said it's going to be really tough for them to go undefeated again back-to-back years, even Ohio State's best teams, right? You remember when they went to Purdue and gave up 50 points? They went to Iowa a few years back and gave up 55. So there's going to be something along the way where you say, okay, they're going to get tripped up. In my opinion, this is probably the most likely game. And you look at Purdue the week before that, if they still had Alex O'Connell at quarterback, you know, you could say, okay, wow, you know. That could be a challenge for them. We saw it in the Big Ten Championship game last year. That'll be a cakewalk. And you like Michigan to beat Ohio State at the big house to close out the regular season. I do, but you got Michigan at Maryland the week before that as well with uh, Tolia. I just went right by that. Yeah. I had, and uh, to his brother, yeah. congratulations on year 13 as the Maryland QB. <laughs> right? You're thinking, how is this guy still there? But he's dangerous, and he did some nice things against Michigan. He also had a couple picks last year in the big house, but that's a dangerous game. We saw Ohio State nearly get tripped up at Maryland last year before they played Michigan, so that's another one to watch. So a game that if you, on paper looks like, okay, you know, Michigan will probably be favored by 10, 15 points or something like that, but you just never know. But uh, that could be one to watch as well. But I do like Michigan to beat Ohio State for a third straight time. They're going to have a first-year quarterback uh, you know what, the onus is on them now, and it's it's about time. And you could sense it last year that, okay, they put so much into that one game to prove that two years ago was a fluke that I thought they played tight. I thought that they overcompensated on defense. They were a little bit too aggressive, and they really felt the pressure. You want to talk about pressure, talk about lose, losing three games in a row to Michigan if you're Ryan Day and how the heat's going to be on him. But I like the matchup. Uh, Michigan has bullied them on the on the both lines of scrimmage the last couple of years. I think that's going to be the case again this year. You know, one thing as I was going through the schedule uh, before the show today, before they get to Ohio State, Michigan finishes with five of seven on the road. Yeah. Five of seven on the road. And again, no matter how good you are, that's asking a lot of any football team at any level. Uh, five of seven uh, on the road, but I, I still am going with Michigan undefeated. I think they'll get it done. I, I believe they're going to win their college football Final Four opener, the semifinal, and the national championship. And why, Chris? I've been looking across the landscape of college football. I don't think USC has a defense to be a national champion. I know Alabama's Alabama. Georgia Stetson Bennett gone. Young gone. C.J. Stroud is gone. I mean, you're looking at returning quarterbacks. That's why J.J. McCarthy, if he is set to go penthouse level, elite QB, I think Michigan will run the table. There could be that upset. I tend to agree with you that five out of seven, you're asking a team a lot. But 
You go win on the road, that's when you become a champion. Go ask the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the Oklahoma and even Ohio State uh, what they did. So I'll go undefeated national champion. You're saying one loss, still Big Ten champion, at least a tie at worst. Uh, they get to the Big Ten title game. Uh, do they win the Big Ten title? Uh, do they win a playoff game? Or do they win it all? Look at the West, and you have to wonder who's going to come out of there, right? And I look at Cade McNamara and Eric All at Iowa, and I like Kirk Ferentz and what he's done with Iowa. They're always going to be tough. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they got that offense up there to match the defense they've had, and uh, and they could win the West. So Wisconsin's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Luke Fickle in his first year. When you change the identity of a program, you just go back to Rich Rod in Michigan, right? And you're thinking, okay, is this going to work? We've done this for three decades. Now we're going away from it. Uh, is, is this going to work? So uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens there. But, yeah, if Michigan gets through the the uh, to the Big Ten championship game, I don't see them losing. If it's Michigan, if it's Ohio State, uh, I think whoever comes out of the East is going to win it. So um, it'll it'll be interesting. And then if you look, it's really about matchups in the in the – playoff right last year they had an opportunity they blew it they looked overlooked tcu you'll never convince me otherwise and then speaking to some people close to it they th- think the same thing this is what happens they said you know what when you read your clippings and you're thinking you're going to be playing georgia and everything else and you, you come, came out and laid an egg still should have won the game didn't miss that opportunity but uh we'll see those sec programs still have the most talent if we're talking about five-star talent across the board they've got the elite guys on the on the defensive line, the guys that can run. Uh, we saw it in Michigan and Georgia a couple of years ago. It's a different animal. Same with Alabama. So that's why I thought last year was so big. You know what? If you could get that next step and then get to that championship game, maybe you don't win it, maybe you do, but at least you got there and you've got a little bit bit of confidence going into this year. So where will Michigan season end this fall or or into the winter? I think you know what? I think they make the championship game, and uh, to me, I still think. The SEC is the dominant conference. I think it'll be an SEC team that wins it. Maybe Alabama, maybe Georgia. So could be LSU. Watch for them on the outside. It could be LSU. And uh, but I'm with you on USC. Until they get serious on defense, they're not going to get there. So we saw what Utah did to them last year. You can follow Chris and the entire Wolverine.com crew at the Wolverine.com 24/7. You can stay up to date on everything. University of Michigan Athletics at TheWolverine.com. Everything huge, 24-7 at TheHugeShow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan. For the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're 
listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's go check in. Alan Park, Lions facility. Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist, insider when it comes to the Lions and the National Football League. He's standing by in the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give Guest Line. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Hey, I like that. The 19, uh, 19 outlets. I think I like to run outside and listen to myself. You can. You can run. Anybody can run outside right now and just hear me anywhere in Michigan. It's a beautiful thing. You can run outside and see the Lions OTAs. I know it's not game situations. It's not full equipment. But what's the first thing that stuck out to you, Mike, on uh, these new Lions and this team in their OTAs? You know, when you really we haven't had a chance to really see a lot of this yet, but 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 the one thing that struck me out has struck me the most is how young this team has gotten so quickly and how much better it is, at least on paper and really based on last uh, last year's production, uh, how getting so much younger and so much better so quickly. It's just a, it, it, it's really a, an unusual situation for me. Not, I don't think I've seen exactly this in all the years I've covered the Detroit Lions. How many new Lions have you ran into, not you know, done a formal interview or conversation, but just had a chance to meet from the new Lions? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Look, it was a week or so ago or two weeks ago, I forget exactly which. I think we talked to five, six, seven guys. And one thing that struck me with all, no, that was the rookie camp. That's that's what it was, and uh, the rookie mini camp. And, and huge. What really struck me with all with all of those kids was that, uh, and I didn't t- talk to all of them, but I think I talked to seven or nine or whatever it is, how they had prepared themselves for mini camp. They got in tape and video and talked to people and all that. And even Hendon Hooker, the, the, the quarterback, he had gotten uh, uh, one of the Steve uh, Steve Mitchell, the tight end from Virginia Tech, a rookie last year. They had played together for a year at Virginia Tech, and he had him sent him the the the, uh, the, 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 the routes and all that, so he could get get a, a head start on when, when he got here with the Detroit Lions. I thought it showed an awful lot of enterprise on his part. I'm not sure every you know, young player would think of it, but but he did, and, and good for him. Michael Harry, Detroit Lions insider, columnist for the Lions, the NFL, with DetroitLions.com joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, what are they trying to get out of OTAs? Uh, when you look at this team, how they finish, we all know the numbers. You look at all the new additions. You mentioned being younger but quicker, better. Uh, some veterans like Gardner Johnson or you look at Montgomery, and I saw Detroit Lions PR team send out a snapshot of him. He looks awesome. I, man, uh, again, I'm just not sold on Nate Sudfeld as a backup, but the additions off a team that finished really strong, now what's missing, can they have a really fast start for the first time in the Holmes era? Well, you think about that. They were, what, 0-8 two years ago, 0-8 and 1, I think, before they finally broke through and right. didn't lose. And then last year, 1-6. and six. And look, those... You're not going to recover. Excuse me. You're not going to recover from that very often, and make the playoffs. And the Lions, is, 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 look, they were one of the better teams in the league, but they were, they were not in the playoffs last year because of what the way they started. I mean, look, you've got to come out of the gun, out of the gate, you know, blazing guns. You really do if you're going to if you're going to have a successful season. Now, look, there are 
you know, there are examples of it going the other way and go back to, you know, Bobby Ross and the San Diego Chargers 35 years ago. Whatever it was, they started one and four, I think it was, and won, I think, 11 straight and made the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl. I mean, it can happen, but you can't make, you can't count on it and you can't make a living that way. Who do you think is the biggest offseason addition through free agency, draft, uh, re-signing that you think is the most important thing that Holmes and Campbell have done so far this offseason to make the Lions a better football team? Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. It's not just one person, but it's it's everything they did to, to strengthen the secondary. Now they signed uh, three uh, undrafted or three uh, free agents, not undrafted free agents, and then they drafted a player in the high in the second round, uh, uh, Brian Branch, Brian Branch, I'm sorry, of Alabama to play safety, to play cornerback, to play nickelback. That tells you to me what what the Detroit Lions thought of their secondary last year and the year before, and really. Rightfully so, even though they have some young players developing there, but they needed more. But that, that to me, shows you the, the weakness of that team last year was in the secondary. Regardless, like you can talk about, oh, if we had a better pass rush, we'd be able to, you know, we'd have to cover so long and all that. But still, too many breakdowns in the secondary last year to be a competitive team. And I think that they addressed that and, and more. They really did. I think address golf in a, a contract. I know it's been brought up to Holmes a couple of times, I think, or times, plural. And I've read some of the comments from DetroitLions.com. But, you know, you're, you're a businessman if you're Holmes or you know, Sheila Hamp or Campbell. Do you offer a deal earlier uh, than waiting? Uh, will the price tag go up? Uh, I mentioned on air earlier this hour, NFL on CBS threw out a stat. Last six years, only Mahomes and Rodgers have more wins at quarterback in terms of starting games than Jared Goff. So what's what's your stance on the future of golf in Detroit beyond this current deal? Well, there's two two different things. What it's what, what it's going to end up being, and what I think they should do, or, or what I would do, and I would. Uh, somewhere in the middle of this season if he's playing anything close to what he played last year. You know, I mean, it might not be exactly the same because, look, one or two interceptions can change your whole passer rating and all that, you know, the technicalities of all that. But I think he's their quarterback for the present, and I think he's their quarterback for the future. I really do. I believe it. You know, I've seen guys get hot, you know, and just get hot and have a good, you know, three, four, five, six six games, but this is a guy who's a veteran quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl with the Atlanta, with, with the Los Angeles Rams, and then to watch him do it here in, in, in Detroit on teams that have won, you know, went 3-3 or 3-13-1 and, and started 1-6 and six and, and really, really dragged this team to some sort of heights, whatever they are. Not so he did it all on his own, but really set an set, set up the precedent set an example of what what can what is to come for the Detroit Lions with him at quarterback, and I would think somewhere along the line that uh, sometime this year, if it, this season, if it continues, that I you know I would extend him you know with, within reason now, of course, I would extend him, and 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 why go into a, a lame duck season with him next year? Yeah, and there's that again that catch twenty two in both sides of the fence on this that if the Lions. Get out of the box and win at Kansas City, and they're four and one, five and zero. Oh, and all of a sudden, you want to offer golf a, an extension? You know, he might say, "I'm going to wait and see, you know, where this year goes and the price goes up." Or do you do it now to show stability? Do you go off for a couple years at forty five, fifty million a year 
which seems to be the going rate right now with a lot of guaranteed money. No one, you then have Hooker in his uh, red shirt year, and he gets a couple, three years to develop and could be your guy uh, down the road. It's it's an interesting business decision here uh, by Holmes and Campbell. Yeah, but here's one thing about it, Hugh. I don't know if people really pay attention to this or understand it or not, but Jared Goff is a young quarterback. He's 28 years old. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers at 39 or 40 or whatever he is. I wouldn't try if he told me if he told me how old he was. I wouldn't believe him anyway. But but he, there's a guy who's got ten more years left. I mean, he's got ten good years of football left in him. It's not he's not on his last legs now. Where he can get hurt and get injured. I get all that. But if things just play out the way they play out for most you know most quarterbacks, he can be here. Like I said, he can be here for another decade. What's wrong with that? That's why I'm I'm on the where I'm at right now. The more you and analytics are ruling the game. At times, maybe too much, but I look at a young quarterback. I look at even a four-year extension and say, he's my guy. And some will say, well, then why did you draft Hooker? Well, you know, uh, injuries, you let the guy learn. Uh, you know, who knows if he, if he has to jump in sooner than later after this season. But uh, this franchise is on such a good path right now that, you know, I, I believe successful NFL franchises are triggered by quality QBs front office, and obviously coaching. And I, I would well, offer it right now and get it done so it's out of the way. There you go. Well, I don't know if I'd, I, I – you know what, I, I wouldn't – I could not argue with that. It's not exactly what I would do. I would wait a little bit. But but let's just say you you uh, you have Hooker for another two years or whatever it is. Two years, three years, whatever it would be. And, and Goff is still playing, you know, really good football. You can do the same thing that the New England Patriots did what, six years ago, seven years ago, trade Garoppolo, their backup quarterback, who was never going to get in. He was never going to beat out you know, Tom Brady and get a second-round draft pick for a guy you drafted in the third round and had some sort of you know, some sort of insurance value with him in case, you know, if the, as the backup quarterback eventually. And what's wrong with that? Look, there's an old saying, you know, if you want to catch fish, go where the fish are. Well, Right now, the fish are where the quarterback is in Detroit. That's where you catch. That's where you go. Yeah, DetroitLines dot com fishing with Mike uh, on the Detroit River <laughs> debuts uh, tomorrow at seven p.m. DetroitLines dot com. Mike always love uh, the Lions NFL conversation. Enjoy some downtime, and we'll talk soon. All right, huge thanks as always for having me. Big, bad, huge. following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows. Find out about the promotions and the giveaways. Go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. 
From the east side to the west side to the UP, The Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, The Huge One, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on this Tuesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Football is in the air. Conversation later with Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion. Great guy on and off air. We'll also hit the Lions, Big Ten, and more. Remember, our Mercantile Bank listener line is always open during the show. When 866-838-4843, that's when 866 866- 838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Also opt in on the HUGE text chain where you can text the show anytime you want to. Text the word HUGE to 21000. And speaking of texting, how would you like to win a stay and play package for you and three guests? Two-night stay, 36 holes of golf at three cool resorts. Tullymore in Canadian Lakes, less than an hour north of GR. Agaming between Elk Rapids and Charlevoix in northern Michigan, and even a little bit further north between Boyne City and Charlevoix, the Dumaglas Golf Resort, a hidden gem when it comes to golf, the highest elevation in Charlevoix County. If you're 21 and up, just text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 21,000, and Labatt Blue, Matt Shepard, and the Michigan Sports Network, along with Tullymore, Agaming, and Dumaglas giving you a shot at a Labatt Blue Golf Getaway. Text GOLF to 21,000. We'll have monthly drawings. So if you're 21 and up and you enter once, you're in all three drawings this summer for that Labatt Blue Golf Getaway, courtesy of the Michigan Sports Network. If you want to find out more, go to michigansportsnetwork.com. That is michigansportsnetwork.com. And you could be golfing this summer. At Tullymore, Agaming, or Dumaglas. Inside this hour, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman Doug Skeen. Early 90s, back to the late 80s. Uh, he'll join us. You can hear Doug with Chris Ballas at the Wolverine.com for the Michigan football podcast that happens year-round. Doug will give us his huge opinions on Michigan's offensive line, their offense, their offensive coaches, Harbaugh. Short-term, long-term, how long will he coach at Michigan? If you do have a comment about Michigan football or about the Lions or the Big Ten or Michigan State, you can drop those comments on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and opt-in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. Uh, your expertise is that O-line. When you look at what Michigan has returning on the offensive line up front, how do you compare this year's O-line unit to the conversation we had a year ago about the 2022 Wolverine front wall? Well, last year's offensive line was very, very good. In, in, in another building year in, to really high levels for Coach Moore running that offensive line up there, obviously, and we knew coming into last year that that team was going to ride with the success of, of the, the experience that it had up front. 
and they proved it throughout the season. They had a great year and, and got better in a lot of cases and went through some injuries. Keegan suffered through some injuries there through the season. Al Hadi stepped in, did a nice job. The depth was there a year ago, and they certainly met expectations. And But it wasn't without perfection, or it wasn't without some opportunity for improvement is what I should, should say there. Early in the season, there was some red zone stall outs, and we had, we struggled at times to get inside the 10-yard line to smash that thing in the end zone. And then they started finding their groove, and then we all know how it kind of finished. It didn't didn't go that well in some spurts there in that, in that TCU game. So a very, very, very good line from a year ago. Owatimi at the center position was outstanding. I thought that kid was as good of a center that I've seen in the last 20 years play for Michigan. Uh, by the way, I think one of the steals in the NFL draft, he, he slipped down to the fourth round, but I, I just think he's an outstanding center in there. Um, so last year's offensive line, very, very good. Coming into this year's offensive line, there's a lot of returning talent, a lot of experience in there. The, the change out at the center position the, with the loss of Olawatimi in there, I think is an interesting dynamic. I know we've got a transfer coming in from Stanford. you got a couple young guys that are they're going to battle in there, and so – the good news there is that there's depth, regardless of what the guy from Stanford does. And we hope he does really well. But the depth at the center of the offensive line is critical. The center position is the quote-unquote quarterback of the O-line. Sets a lot of protections. A lot of the communication starts from the beginning, in the middle of the offensive line, and works its way out. So that's a critical position. Uh, we're going to have a new left tackle with a transfer portal guy from Arizona, Arizona State. And uh, so he'll be excited to see a big, tall, offensive tackle, left tackle kind of type, super tall guy with long arms, so he fits the physical mold. Uh, there's no reason that this unit, when you've got Keegan at left guards, enter at right, Carson Barnhart coming back at right tackle, there's a lot of experience there. Al Hadi is a guy who played a lot of football in there as well. Uh, Trente Jones played a lot of football last year, had an injury, and but he's back in the mix. You've got five solid starters in there, but as I've said time and time again, you got to have seven guys that can rotate at any time with no drop-off. They certainly have that. And so the sky's the limit once again. If there's, if you know, Every team that ever won a championship in the Big Ten at Michigan has had a really good offensive line, and this year will be no different. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, joining us here on the huge show across Michigan, if you have a Michigan football question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at one 838 4843 So great O-line. Corman Edwards are the best running back duo in college football going in to 2023. Both should be great pros. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, he's had all the big game experience, year under his belt. When you look at McCarthy and you look at the Michigan offense, what do you expect from McCarthy now in year two as the man? That's a great question. If I watch the highlights and I look back in last year and some of the bigger plays, one of the the biggest one comes to mind as a critical a critical third down. I think it was a third down down at Ohio State late in the season there where he took off running toward the Ohio State sideline and put a shoulder down and got an extra three, five yards. I think as a, as a, as a guy that, that goes out there and does that and, and it clearly fired up the team and, and you sort of raise your eyebrows when you see your quarterback doing those things because they're coached not to do it. Typically, they, they, you know, these guys are being told, hey, step out of bounds, don't be a hero. But when he does those things, I think it has a 
really positive impact on the rest of that huddle and it fires everybody up. I would expect more of that. And, and we we criticized him a little bit in that TCU game for not keeping some of those balls with that defensive end bent really hard down the line. It's like, dude, why don't you keep that thing? Well, maybe there was a second-level defender that was spying him. Who knows? But I, I, I see more confidence out of his ability to run that football, which raises a concern about the injury factor. We talked about uh, who's going to be the backup. That's concerning. Um, but I, I, I think more confidence with the foot and then the confidence level and the effectiveness uh, to be able to showcase the arm that this guy has will greatly depend on our wide receivers being able to get open. And that was the seem you know, it seemed like it was kind of a hard thing to do at times last year for that group, get separation, and when he delivered the football, to catch the football. So we're, we're waiting for a breakout guy to, you know, be a go-to guy on the edge of that offense. If somebody can turn into that guy, then you're going to see a whole new level of J.J. in that, in that pocket back in there that's going to make him maybe become a superstar. Corman Edwards, uh, not a lot of talk. And I mentioned the best running back duo, pretty much every college football preview magazine service has number one running back duo bigger than Alabama, any of the big boys. Their roles in this offense, because it seems you haven't seen both of them at the same time a lot on the field. When you look at Corum, when you look at Edwards, your experience on that Michigan offense back in the late 80s, early 90s, what's the best way Harbaugh can maximize both Corum and Edwards? Well, I think Edwards has got more dynamic availability to move him around on that football field. He's such a talented guy. You've got to keep, you've got to find a way to keep him on the field as much as you can. And so when one of them is standing on the sideline, a defensive coordinator is going to go, well, okay, good. Now I don't have to defend one of them. So I don't know how Coach Moore and Coach Harbaugh and the rest of that offensive staff are going to do this, but they have to find a way to get both of these guys on the field at the same time. I think Edwards clearly gives you more options. Uh, I'm not sure that you can put Corum anywhere else, but the running back position or in the backfield and do some things. And he's very good back there, no doubt. Um, but but Edwards in the slot, Edwards out on the edge. We've seen him do it before and do it well. Uh, again, if you see any kind of sniff of a linebacker trying to cover that guy, you know the ball's going to go to him because that's a mismatch. Linebackers can't keep up with that guy. And so that's exciting. I, I, I think that will be an interesting uh, thing to look for here in September to see how they're going to effectively do that. But there's 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 a common denominator that we learned watching these two young men play the game last year, especially down at the end, the Ohio State game. Corum went into that game with a busted-up knee and yet went out there and, and tried to play, which is, I think, unusual, right? I think a lot of young men are told, oh, you need to protect yourself. You need to save yourself. Don't don't risk your NFL future. And yet he was out there with the old taped-up knee and gave it a go and, and obviously couldn't, but he tried. That meant a lot to me as, a, as an offensive lineman and, you know, up in the, in the dirty part of the game up front. When your running back tries that and, and you know he's got an NFL future but he's out there trying, that, that shows a lot of guts. And then, of course, Edwards out there playing with a busted hand. He had surgery on that thing and had to have a, his thumb repaired. Just tape the thing up, flip hands, and keep on going. So the toughness factor... Uh, out of both of those young men in that in that running back position, or what, no matter where they are in the field, that goes a long, long way for the rest of that huddle to know that these guys are gamers. Harbaugh and his staff, 
are they maximizing their talent on offense? From what you have watched in this two-year championship run, most would say, okay, you, you hammered Ohio State twice. You won back-to-back Big Ten titles. You were one of the final four college football teams in two straight years. They're loaded again going into this year. Do you believe that they have maximized their offense to their greatest potential? It's hard to say no, Bill, that they haven't because we've ran the table and have won the Big Ten. And the way we run the football and, and the, the, the points that we scored, you, you, you would say absolutely they have. However, the one thing that you and I talked about, the way that season finished last year, with the passing offense ranked 79th in the nation going into the TCU game, clearly there's room for improvement. And the one missing link in our offense is a feature receiver or a dynamic passing game that is going to balance this offense out to present some more problems for an opposing defensive coordinator. TCU, the coaching staff at TCU, did a great job exposing the weakness in the heavy double team or gap man running game that we were. And you can neutralize double teams by darting linebackers through gaps, which is what TCU did and gave us all kinds of fits. So there has to be a curveball. There has to be an alternative that this, this offense can switch gears and do some other things. Two years ago, the curveball was was the zone, the, the wide zone play. We were still the heavy gap man, you know, power football, pull two linemen, bring a tight end, bring someone around from the backside, block down the front side, and power the thing up in there. Two years ago, we did that all day long, and then the curveball was Corum on the wide zone or Edwards on the wide zone. We saw a little bit of that last year, but we still, I think, we need to expand this passing offense to be more dynamic from sideline to sideline, give J.J. more tools to work with, which means, like I said earlier, those wide receivers have got to do a better job in 2023 of finding separation and getting open to allow that thing to open up. And I look at the drag routes. I look at the underneath stuff where everything doesn't have to be a big play down the seam or uh, a long out pattern. Just, you Utilize what speed you have. Because something you said earlier this week, Doug, and Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, joining us. You know, you, you, you talked about this team, and you talked about the talent they have. And I, and I look at it, and I... I really wonder that is there another level? Are we seeing the best we're going to see, right, with Michigan football? Is there something else there? Because they got speed on this team, and that that's what I meant to say going back to what you said. We know the athletes are there. These guys on high school recruiting film from E.J. Holland, they're speedsters. They're 4-4. They're 4-3-9. So how do you take that athleticism to fill in those holes you're talking about because that's the next level to me because when we watch these national champions what has been that common denominator speed look at bama speed when oklahoma won speed when clemson won speed and that to me is finding a way to keep corman edwards on the field at the same time and looking at so the drag routes my point is get a mismatch not not just not just a safety or going down the middle of the field or a corner and throwing you know the back shoulder fade get a mismatch on a linebacker and let a guy run remember the speed and space yeah, yeah. concept yeah. with Gaddis? Yeah. I'm I'm saying something like that 
where there is speed and space. You know, it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. The mismatches. So this offensive staff has got to do a better job of finding the mismatches and what I say at the line of scrimmage. And I watch a lot of college football, right, Bill? So in one of the things that, that I've noticed is, is, and I wonder, and I, and I don't know this, but I wonder, how much of the offensive playbook do we give a quarterback like J.J. at the line of scrimmage to kill a play, call something else, change protection, and find the mismatch and expose it? If you, if you can get to that level... Now you're talking pro-level stuff, but, you know, again, 20, 30 years ago, we would always go to the offensive line with at least two plays and often four or six of them, and your quarterback makes the call. Which is the best chance for success? And so when you've got a veteran quarterback who's comfortable in a system and an offensive line who's veteran and listening to the calls and seeing the keys on a defensive front to know what's coming, now you open up so many more options so that when you see the mismatch, you can easily adjust and take advantage of it. And I'm not so sure that we don't do that enough. I don't, I don't, I don't know that we do. And, and the reason I say that is what you said before we started answering this question, which is it seems like we call a play and that's just the play. Now, of course, that's not the case all the time. I think we probably go opposite. If you got a play called to the right and you see the defense has shifted, you just go opposite and you go to the left. Those are simple audibles. But I'm talking about advanced audibles to find the mismatch and get the ball out there to an Edwards in space and let the guy do what he does best. And I thought that game of taking advantage of mismatches, the only game they did it, well, I'll say two games, second half of TCU, and they did it at Ohio State. I, I look, when I go back to the game at Ohio State, that was so out of character from the Michigan offense we saw all season long. And they were taking advantage of mismatches. They had Ohio State guessing. All right, wait, is McCarthy going to throw? Wait a minute, he's going to counterplay, and there's Edwards through the line again going long. Cornelius Johnson, the throws down the middle. Tall guy, safety 6-1, receiver 6-3 and a half. Uh, taking advantage. That's why after what they did to Ohio State, I really thought they were going into the college football playoff as the best team. Yeah, ready to go. I thought the same thing. It's like, where did this come from? We didn't we didn't hit that many home runs through the air and those deep balls like that like we did against Ohio State in 10, 15 years. And so clearly there's an availability and an ability to do it. And so what happened to the TCU game? Where did that go? And were we just outcoached? Were we outmanned? Well, it was there in the second half, but where did that – why didn't you come out? How, how do you not look at your Ohio State game plan? And say, by the way, TCU is an inferior team to Ohio State. That's my personal opinion. And and that's the questions I have when I watch this team struggle against weaker opponents in the first half. And we've seen a lot of that, okay, the last couple of years. And I know it's how you finish and you're 13-0. and 0. I still think there's another gear for this Michigan offense. I, I really do. And that gear is mismatches, speed, movement guys in motion, things that quarterbacks at the level of J.J. McCarthy can handle and also execute. I agree with you. And, again, I'll go back to when you've got as many veterans and and experienced guys as this offense is going to put on the field, you should have more options on the field to let them make decisions on their own and make the call to get into the right fit against what the defense is giving you. 
And so you can do that with cadence. You can do it with formation. You can move guys around and, and make a defense show itself. And then you've got what you've got the key. You know what you need to do. Make the call. Call for the ball. Execute and go. And so I, I agree with you, Bill. This is this is the next step for Michigan's offense to become the more dynamic that we need them to be. And I and I would say again, part of that development goes back to the part that's missing, which is the passing stuff inside the twenty yard line. Who's the go-to receiver? Who's the guy that is like, okay, the ball's going over here, and we know there's a pretty good chance it's going to be a touchdown because we've got this guy in the field, and they don't. So this is this is be the interesting stuff, right? But the good news is the I again I keep saying this. There's no question. There's high-level football players in Ann Arbor. We pump guys in the NFL every year, and a lot of them, and they go on to have great success in the NFL. So the parts and pieces are there. Someone just has to step up and be the guy to catch that football out on the edge. So what you're telling me, Doug, is that if Michigan utilizes the mismatches this fall, that their offense could be a next-level group, that we could see things we haven't seen from J.J. McCarthy and Harbaugh on offense. I think this coaching staff is going to have to find a way to evolve this offense beyond what it was, which was last year very, very good. But obviously TCU figured out a way to give us all kinds of problems. And so this 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 staff is going to have to find a way to get the best talent on the field, which is Corum and Edwards at the same time, and some sort of package that's going to give defenses fits. And I think you take a veteran quarterback and a veteran offensive line and guys that have played a lot of football around there, and you give them more options to do some things on the field that are going to make defenses choose. You make them take a, take a choice, make a choice, and then you take the easiest path of any resistance. It's, it's as old as the game itself. That's what you do. You figure out what the defense is going to give you, and you make them pay for it. And I think that's the next step. And, and I'm not saying that Michigan didn't do any of this last year, because I think they did. I think they're just going to have to do more of it to evolve this offense. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, also part of the Michigan football podcast you can hear year-round with Chris Ballas at TheWolverine.com joining us. If you have a Michigan question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan, Local decision makers, local team members, a bank you can trust and depend on, which is more important than ever before with our friends from Mercantile Bank. Your Michigan football questions, 1-866-838-4843. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? 
Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives. And they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration. That includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. Are you ready for the biggest party of the year? Nickelback with a live show unlike any other. Friday, June 16th at Van Andaluina. Nickelback, the Get Rolling Tour with... Grant Lee Gilbert and Josh Ross. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and LiveNation.com. Get rolling and get your tickets now. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at Ferris.edu. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on The Huge Show across Michigan, 19 radio stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Also, the free stream is live weekdays at 3 at thehugeshow.net. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in America where you get mobile service. Doug Skeen is joining me inside this hour, talking Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, and the Lions, ready to play the schedule game with Skeen when it comes to Michigan football uh, this year. So, Doug, let's uh, start off with, well, we can do East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. I think w- we both would agree that they're 4-0, correct? Uh, that is affirmative. We are 4-0 uh, to the first four weeks of the season, yes. All right, so then after that, um, it moves on following Rutgers and the 4-0 
uh, start. There is a, a portion of that schedule where some have some concern because you're going to be on the road if you're Harbaugh and the Wolverines uh, three out of four weeks at Nebraska, at Minnesota, Indiana at the big house, and then at Michigan State. Now, I believe Michigan will be favored in all of their games currently on the schedule uh, for 2023. A lot of people are feeling this could be a stumbling block and might be one of the losses. I don't see it. I don't either. I I just don't know that that those teams have enough going on right now. Um, I think there's some some fine football players at all the at Nebraska, obviously up at Minnesota. Row the boat guy does a good job of getting his team motivated to play. Coach Fleck up there gets him excited. I just don't know if, barring injuries, I don't know how Michigan can stumble in in those games. This this program in the last two years has demonstrated that they can go on the road in tough environments and win. And so, when you go down to Columbus and you do what you did last year. Uh, which is another building block on top of two years of being able to go on the road and, and perform in really difficult, noisy stadiums. I, I've, it's always a challenge, but I, I don't see it as a loss. It is interesting when you break down the schedule. You know, five of your last eight, Ohio State's at home, but a you know, stretch there, five of seven games on the road. But I look at the Big Ten. I look at what's returning. I understand at Penn State the hostile environment, but – Michigan, in those two years of being Big Ten champs, for the most part, has met the call for hostile environments. Nothing will be bigger than Ohio State last year. Uh, I don't see those losses. You know, again, Ohio State's so hungry that they've been embarrassed two years in a row that they could feel his jobs on the line. That might be the the game that I think will give them the most trouble if if there is going to be a game that gives 2023 Michigan football a chance at losing during the regular season. Totally agree. Uh, obviously, there's no motivation down in Columbus. Um, there's a lot of really good football players in that roster down there, and, and losing to Michigan two years in a row hasn't been done in, uh, gosh, almost a, a generation or two of Buckeye football. And so I would I'd certainly expect their best uh, in, in and let's just say a better defensive game plan uh, this year. No matter what happens from these two teams down the end, down toward the end of the season. But you know, we look we look at these 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 schedules and we say, oh gosh, they have to go on the road. And and I and I have to remind myself, and and we can remind people listening to us talk about this that boy, there's some football teams that love going on the road. We used to love it many years years ago. It was going on the road was so much fun. In so many ways, and yeah, home games are cool because your family's here and you know your home, the home crowd, and all that stuff. It's great, but there's a certain satisfaction with going on the road. It's you guys in that bus and on that airplane against the entire state of Ohio, or you know, a whole university of wishing for your demise, and you go into their stadium in front of their families and their friends, and you have your way with them, and you beat them. Boy, it's a lot of fun and really satisfactory. It makes for a lot of fun on the way home. So some teams thrive on that. And the closer you these these guys get to each other and the more affection they have and as teammates and the harder they work for each other, sometimes going on the road is, is better than a long streak at home. Doug Skeen is a five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. You can hear Doug with Chris Ballas 
on the Michigan football podcast uh, between Michigan, the expectations of being a possible national champion. Uh, we talked about the Lions yesterday. They seem to be the type of team that is welcoming uh, the pressure, the expectations. The only thing that could derail it that goes beyond the control of anybody uh, would be injuries. That's why you know we discussed a couple times this week uh, the backup QB uh, is a concern, and I know they went out and got Tuttle, who played at Indiana, but trying to dissect Michigan, trying to look at uh, the schedule. I, I guess it's just if they have another 13-0 and year and they beat Ryan Day, and here's a guy that was a, a field goal miss from probably being national champions, and that shows you the power of Ohio State, Michigan. Go ask John Cooper about it. Go ask Harbaugh about it early in his career until the last two years. That if Day loses for a third straight time, he, he won't be fired, but he may just run for the hills. That, that, that is crazy to go back to that miss against Georgia because I think Ohio State then goes against TCU and, and beats him by four touchdowns. But Day could be in trouble if Hardball gets after him again to end this upcoming season. It's crazy to talk about because I, I, think, I think Ryan Day is a heck of a good football coach, but I, I can tell you have it. With with work in in the work that I do, I cover a good chunk of Ohio. I spend time down in Ohio every every month. I go down to Cleveland and spend time. And a lot of my coworkers down there in that part of the country are big Ohio State fans. It feels like half of that state's already done with him. Like they have no use for him because he's lost to Michigan twice. They call him they call him Ryan Cooper down there. Some people do. And I and I say to my Buckeye friends, I'm like, really, you guys are serious and. And they feel the same way we did not too many years ago about Coach Harbaugh and the previous head coaches when Ohio State would mop the floor with us. It's not a good feeling to be on the wrong side of this this rivalry, which Ohio State is right now. And so all the pressure in the world is continuing to mount on that coach down there. And, and in spite of that, you know, objectively speaking, again, I think he's a really good football coach and he's going to be successful, hopefully not against us. But I would look. Everybody says, "Oh, the Buckeyes are losing this, this, this." You know, they lost Stroud, and they're and they got to lose this guy. They lose that guy. That roster is loaded, has been loaded, will be loaded. Ohio State will be very good come the end of November, barring some disaster. That's going to be the biggest test for Michigan in twenty twenty three. All right, before I let you go, uh, what's going to be the finish for Michigan football this fall? Uh, we both just talked. We seem to believe that. The regular season will feature no losses. Uh, you could get a rematch with Cade McNamara and Eric All in the Big Ten title game if it's Iowa and Michigan. Will they get over that hump in the Final Four? Will they be national champions? Because I'm looking at college football this year, and there aren't a lot of returning quarterbacks. Stroud gone, Bryce Young gone. You got Caleb Williams in USC, but they don't play a lot of defense. How will Michigan end the 2023 football campaign? Well, that's a great question. I wish I knew more about what the playoff dynamic was going to be because I agree with you. I think we're going to be in that playoff. We're going to be right back where we were for a third season in a row, and then something's going to have to be different about the way we approach that game. Uh, I'm going to go all in. 
You know, I think I think we've got the talent. Again, barring injuries, we've got the talent and the experience to do it. The coaching staff to do it. The players. Uh, we've got the momentum. Expectations are high. You start checking boxes and just assuming you're going to win the Big Ten. Assuming is the wrong word. I take that back. Expecting to win the Big Ten and get back into that playoff. I think this could be absolutely the year to do it. In, in, assuming that those things we talked about are going to happen, an expanded, more dynamic, check-with-me-at-the-line kind of offense that's going to give guys more chances to get into some mismatches. If this offense can take the next step and this defensive front from Michigan can get to the quarterback and disrupt quarterbacks in big games, the sky's the limit. Michigan makes it to the national championship. Makes it to the national championship, Doug Skeen. You did not finish that uh, question, so they make it but don't win it. Well, since we're playing in this game of hypotheticals, yeah, this this absolutely is the team that could absolutely go do it. And sure, I'm all in, Bill. Count me in. Michigan undefeated national champions 2023. And that is an unbiased opinion from a five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Doug, thank you so much. You can hear Doug Skeen and Chris Ballas with the Michigan Football Podcast year-round at thewolverine.com. I also want to remind everybody that when it comes to the college football season, you'll want to stop by all the brands, Steakhouse and Grills. A uh, couple of happy hours every day, you'll find brands, uh, locations throughout Michigan. But right now, you can watch the Tigers games. NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, PGA Tour, and more at All Brands Steakhouse and Grills. You'll find a location in Bay City, a Brands in Caledonia, Brands in Holland, Johnny Brands in Granville, Johnny Brands on Leonard in downtown GR, and also Mike Brands in Cascade. Mike Brands Sr. has that location. Mike Brands Jr. with Liz Brands Stegheis have the locations in Bay City. In Caledonia, along with Sean Stegeheis. For the brands close to you, go to brands.com. And also, you can order up, pick up, or delivery of all your brands' favorites at brands.com. Speaking of all the brands' locations, I got to give Johnny Brand Sr., Sandy Brand, and the Brand family some huge love for their commitment to our military and law enforcement. Johnny Brand Sr. has started a mission called Voice for the Badge. Now, if you support law enforcement in Michigan and across America, just like Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. It's pretty simple. Johnny delivers his opinions on law enforcement locally in Grand Rapids, Kent County, across the state, and coast to coast. So look for Voice for the Badge on Facebook and Twitter. And if you support law enforcement, uh, just like those today. And Johnny Brand Sr., if you haven't been to Johnny's on Leonard in Grand Rapids, you need to. It's basically a memorial for men who have given their lives the ultimate sacrifice on the military side and also protected and serving in law enforcement. The food's always great at Johnny Brand's on Leonard and all the brand's locations, but you need to see uh, what's inside uh, that new redesign at Johnny Brands on Leonard. And when you're driving by on 131, right near the Leonard exit in Grand Rapids, near downtown, you'll see the flags flying. And I don't know too many people who are business owners who maintain 
that daily commitment to military and especially law enforcement. So Voice for the Badge is a simple way for anybody listening right now to say they support law enforcement by liking Voice for the Badge on Facebook and or Twitter and make plans for lunch, dinner, happy hour, take out, whatever it is. Get the Johnny Brands on Leonard in Grand Rapids. If you're a supporter of the military and law enforcement, it's amazing what you'll see in there. Find out more about all the Brands locations at Brands.com. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Disturbed, the Take Back Your Life Tour. Labor Day Monday, September 4th at Soaring Eagle. And same show, same night, Stained. Tickets start at $34 and on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. And it's been a while. Disturbed and Stained. Labor Day Monday, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Maybe you have a job as a dentist or a teacher or a student. But if you're driving in your car listening to this ad, your job right now is to drive. That's it. And that job does not involve touch screens or texts or scrolling through social media. It involves your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road. Distracted driving is dangerous and deadly. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police has one simple request. Do your job. Hey, this is Matt Shepard from the Michigan Sports Network. I love summers in Michigan because it means golf season. Now, two things always when I go golfing. I make sure I got my sticks, and I've got plenty of cold, fresh Labatt Blue Light. Whether I've just squeezed in 18 holes or I just want to relax on the patio after a long day, everywhere I go, and I'm serious when I tell you this, I tell people about the smooth, genuine taste of Labatt Blue Light. It's just a great beer. Michigan Sports Network is giving you a chance to win a foursome to Michigan's best courses. Just listen weekdays to the Huge Show and X's and Bros, or just text GOLF to 21,000 to enter. That's GOLF to 21,000. The trip includes two overnight stays and two rounds of golf, all brought to you by my friends at Labatt Blue Light. So grab a Labatt Blue Light the next time you head out onto the course and enjoy the blue skies, because blue is for Michigan summers and great times. Always enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023 Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt is a registered U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing company ltd you're listening to the huge show on the michigan sports network final segment here on a tuesday broadcast on the only show willing to tell like it is we're all about huge opinions big name guests superfly hayes is our executive producer. Now, if you miss any huge opinion, any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. And if you have the iHeart app, it's simple. Search The Huge Show. You can listen live weekdays at 3 anywhere in America 
where you get mobile service, but also all the podcasts are right there for you to tune into and catch up. Just search The Huge Show on the iHeart app and on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Podcasts are free on a daily basis. Just search The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge. 